Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30. 35. 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. Today, we have a breakdown podcast ahead of us uh if you haven't listened to our breakdown of the auburn georgia game last week there is a podcast up waiting for you to listen but this one it will be more solely just based on lsu as an opponent kind of who they are as a team and kind of just what they what the matchups look like for for auburn's defense and offensive uh capabilities and all that good stuff but just a, a quick little you know blurb about lsu lsu started the season ranked fifth in the country and lost to Florida State by three touchdowns uh, in the opening opening game. Uh, that was the kind of, you know, real tight first half game. Then Florida State kind of beat the, beat the brakes off of them in the second half. They followed it up with a big win against Grambling the next week, blew out Mississippi State in week three. And then it really – the schedule really started getting interesting. And LSU has been a really interesting team that has – they're kind of a rare team. They've already played four SEC games, you know, so Auburn's only played two. So it is very interesting that you can analyze LSU. They have played a lot of quality teams, and they have a decent record. It's not probably not exactly what they want it to be. Um, you know, right now they are sitting three and one in the conference, four and two overall. But, I mean, they've, they've played some real football. They, uh, they went, hosted Arkansas, won 34-31, uh, they went to Oxford and lost a last minute, you know, heartbreaker against Old Miss, 55 to 49. Then they just went into Columbia and beat the number 21 team in the country, the Missouri Tigers, by 10, 49 to 39, which that game was really close, really back and forth, really crazy one. Then they turn around and have Auburn come into town, obviously. But so before we get into, you know, many of the matchups, we either kind of give us your thoughts on LSU as a team. And, you know, obviously you look through these things and, you know, some of these numbers really stick out. First of all, LSU's offensive numbers stick out. You know, they scored 49 in back-to-back weeks, and then the week before that they scored 34, have 41, have a 72 on the on the schedule. Like, they have they, – this offense can score points. But on the flip side, defensively, they've allowed 39, 55, and 31. So, either give us your thoughts, first of all, of LSU as a team – and then we'll kind of get into more of kind of matchups where, where Auburn looks good, where Auburn might struggle a little bit. But first of all, just give us your thoughts on the Bayou Bengals. I think that LSU is a good team, okay? We always talk about good versus great, okay? And you always make the joke that great teams cover. To me, great teams have a defense, okay? They have a defense that can consistently stop other opponents that are actually competent on offense um you know the only game against a power five opponent that the lsu defense has been competent for was against mississippi state mississippi state was in their third game with a brand new coach changing from the air raid okay 
I wouldn't say that they at that time were a competent offense. Um, you know, I don't think I think people thought LSU's defense would be at a level that they could compete to go to the playoff. And that's just not the case this year. That really plays well into what Auburn wants to do. I think LSU's offense is very good. I think that Auburn's defense actually matches up really well with LSU's offense. I've been saying this ever since the offseason. I don't love that the game is in Baton Rouge, but I really like the matchup here. Like, I really do. I think you have, you know, LSU is the 121st rated defense in the nation, okay? Auburn's 121st in passing. Okay, Auburn's not going to throw the ball that much this weekend. I would be very surprised if Auburn throws the ball that much this weekend. But at the same time, this is the LSU defense with a lot of guys returning that Robbie Ashford threw for 350 yards against last year. So this might be the game where you see the offense actually throwing the ball. Because when we've played teams that have horrible pass defenses, and that's typically because of their talent, we've been able to toss the pigskin around. Peyton Thorne against Sanford and UMass, I mean, he looked amazing. He looked like an NFL quarterback. He may look like that against LSU. Who kn- I re- I feel really good about this game. I think that the defense matches up well. I think that we'll be able to hold them under 35. And I think that the offense is going to be able to score 30 in this game. I truly believe that. I truly think that if the offense can hang 20 on Georgia uh, and honestly not have their best game. Like, I, nobody watched the Auburn offense during the Georgia game and thought, yep, this is the best they could have played. Like, this is the best this talent could get out of it you missed a lot of plays and having a bye week to kind of recollect your thoughts right after that I don't know I feel really high about this game I'm high on the team again I'm setting myself up for failure once more Noble's raising his eyebrows he can't believe it well yeah so I mean obviously Wheeler is is real excited just a couple more stats just to read off this is you know, the, the ESPN app shows the the leading passer, rusher, and receiver for both teams, and I always love looking at that. Uh, when you look at this one for this matchup, it's actually just incredible. Uh, and obviously, you know, to preface this, LSU does have, I mean, every member on this thing, their quarterback has, you know, twice as many pass attempts. Their running back has a lot more carries, and their receiver has a lot more receptions. But Jaden Daniels has three times as many passing yards as Peyton Thorne this season. That's a lot. That is a lot. He has nearly five times the amount of passing touchdowns as Peyton Thorne does, and he has half the interceptions and twice the attempts. Um, so that's obviously, you know, Jaden Daniels is a is a Heisman candidate. You got to think he's top 10 in the Heisman voting uh, at the moment. He might not get an invite to New York because of what all those Pac-12 guys are doing right now. But Jaden Daniels is a really good quarterback. So to put that in perspective, uh, and then Malik Neighbors, uh, he has 771 receiving yards and six touchdowns. Auburn's leading receiver, Jay Fair, has 196 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, that just tells you. And then, you know, uh, Logan Diggs for LSU, their, their top running back, 81 carries, 488 yards, and four touchdowns. Jarquez is Auburn's leading rusher with 202 yards and two touchdowns. Offensively, these two teams are not in the same stratosphere. And it's very interesting to see because I think that when you look at Auburn's offense, 
against LSU's defense, the matchup is fine because LSU's defense has really struggled. The interesting look, in my opinion, and I think what the game will ultimately come down to, besides Peyton Thorne, we'll get into Peyton Thorne's performance a little later because I think that ultimately Peyton Thorne is the biggest factor in this game. But I think the biggest kind of side-on-side matchup is LSU's offense against Auburn's defense. And obviously, you know, we've talked about it, you know, tirelessly. Auburn's strength on the defensive side is the DBs. Jalen Simpson is expected to be back and ready to play. That'll be huge having him back. The DBs are fine. What I'm worried about is Jaden Daniels' rushing ability. And I don't know. We saw against Georgia, if we're not blitzing, I don't know how much of a pressure we can get. We're losing a couple guys on the D-line. I'm just a little worried about not being able to get pressure with blitzing. And also – you know, I know we, you know, we talk about Eugene Asante, you know, really playing well, and he's obviously having a great year, but that's a huge match. Can we rush Eugene Asante? Is he going to be able to catch Jaden Daniels? I mean, Jaden Daniels is extremely elusive. You know, I think that this might be a game where we see a lot more corner blitzes and rely on guys like Donovan Kaufman and, you know, maybe, you know, Caleb Wooden getting some looks in there, but guys that can chase down you know, chase down a guy like Daniels. I mean, he he can really move, and I'm a little worried about how the linebackers fit into this game. But ultimately, Wheeler, kind of give us your thoughts, more of a, you know, LSU offense on an Auburn defense matchup, guys that you think really have to step up their game this week, and just the biggest kind of factors that go into this one. I think the most interesting thing is going to be to see if the Auburn defense wants to spy on Jaden Daniels or bring a blitz almost every play, because kind of my thought is, is if you're spying, we're not going to get anything. I mean, our four up front are not going to get a pass rush. And I, I think if you don't rush Jaden Daniels, he, he's just going to carve you up by the same token. I think that if you blitz you, cause you can't blitz and have a spy. Like, if you do that, then you might be man-on-man on every single person. And if you try and do that in zone, you're just going to get carved. Um, so it's a tough, tough situation on defense. What I think you do, I think that they're going to – I think we'll see a lot of blitzing. Um, and the blitzes are going to have to be about gap assignment and having the uh, having the discipline to stay in the gap you're supposed to stay in. And I think that having the bye week this week is the best thing that could have happened because you can practice that game plan all week long. You're probably going to be able to throw some unique blitzes that you haven't shown on tape all year when you have the bye week coming in. Uh, You know, talking about who is going to be important, I think the entire DB group, I think they're going to be the most important people because I think D-line and linebackers and, honestly, your nickels, they're going to be blitzing. All week. And so, I mean, I guess that's important, but really, if the DBs can't hold up in man on man coverage, it's going to be a really long game. You know, I think we talk about it every single week, and he hasn't shown to be a freshman yet, but Kalen Lee, like the way he's playing this year has been super impressive. If you have Jalen Simpson back, you know, people have said that he's been walking around campus in a walking boot. So that's concerning. Um, I think, you know, can. Zion Puckett come back from having Brock Bowers, you know, win a lot of the matchups in the fourth quarter. I think that's the most interesting thing to see is can the safeties hold up? Does the depth hold up in the secondary? Um, And then that way you can go and get blitzes without having to worry about just getting beat over the top. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And I also think it's, you know, looking back, you know, LSU against Missouri, you know, Daniels only threw for, you know, 260-ish yards, but he ran for 130, an average of nine yards a Gary. You know, Logan Diggs ran for 134. Like, they, these guys can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Offensively, they can do absolutely everything. Daniels is a smart quarterback. He doesn't turn it over a lot. I mean, I, I think that the biggest thing I'm worried about is – and we'll get into this a little bit later, but I think that the biggest way that Auburn can win this game is by winning the turnover battle. And it's tough to do that. You know, it's easier to it's easier to have that as your goal when you have, you know, a young quarterback and inexperienced running backs coming in with Georgia and you're at home. But when you go, you got a veteran quarterback, you have running backs that more so know what they're doing and they're at home, it's at night, They're ju- it, it's a lot harder to rely on turnovers when it's almost like your guys have their backs against the wall. So I think that that's my biggest concern is seeing how Auburn is going to function as a defense. And, you know, go even going back, you know, in 2021, I don't think we really felt super great about that one going in, especially on that. I, I, I believe it was the first or the second drive. They hit that slant route that went for like 70 yards, and, you know, it just didn't feel like it was it was going to be a good game. But obviously the defense adjusted and it ended up working out. So I definitely could see something like that happen. And it's such a weird game because I could see Auburn losing this game by multiple possessions, but I could also see it being kind of a 2021 game where, you know, everyone just kind of grinds it out. But I think the biggest thing, and this will kind of segue into our next segment, in 2021, Bo Nix won the game. Bo Nix made plays. He he scrambled just about every time. He had crazy conversions. Bo Nix played a phenomenal game, and he was the X factor. He is why Auburn won that game. This week, I think the same thing could happen. And my question to you is, can does Peyton Thorne have it in his arsenal? to rise to the occasion and win this game on the road at night in death Valley. Do you think that there's a possibility that Peyton Thorne could rise to the occasion and put the team on his back and win this game and be the kind of guy where you watch the game and you're like, wow, like their quarterback just won them the game. Um, Yes and no. I think that those are different questions. I think the question you asked at first and the question that you asked second, or different in my mind. Do I think that Peyton Thorne has the ability to go out there and play a game good enough to go and win the football game? Absolutely. I don't think he has to play his A-plus game. I think he can play an A, A-minus game. Um, I don't think that he has to be significantly better than – honestly, I don't think Peyton Thorne has to be any better than he was against Georgia. I think if Peyton Thorne has the Georgia game reincarnated, Auburn beats LSU with the caveat of the wide receivers have to step up. And, again, I don't think the wide receivers have to have an A-plus game. I think that the wide receivers have to catch the balls that hit them in the hands. Um, You know, the the fourth quarter, I thought Peyton Thorne played great. I thought throwing the football, Peyton Thorne had a great fourth quarter, and and he just didn't get help from the receivers. Um, And we talked about that last time about, you know, whether or not when you dive and the ball hits your hand. But needless to say, there were plenty of plays that could have been made that were not Peyton Thorne's fault in the Georgia game and his stats do not look great, but it's not going to look great when you have six drops. So, you know, what I'm saying is if Peyton Thorne goes, whatever it would have been 16 for 19 and he throws for 120 yards, 
I, I feel great about Auburn winning the game. So I think that Thorne has shown that the, he has the ability in the SEC to win a big-time game. Um, now, running backs, I think that that's where you really look. I think Jarquez needs to have a couple of big runs. I think that'd be great. I would look for Brian Batty. This is going to be the week. We have been waiting. He he looks so explosive, and he is always a step away from getting those big plays. A defense like LSU, the difference in a good defense and a bad defense is that on the plays where it looks like they're a step away from getting it, LSU, nine times out of ten this year, has given up the one step, and they've had the big play. I think Brian Batty is going to be the biggest difference maker on offense. I know that that's a, you know, probably a hot take. I just think he has the most home run potential, and I think it's going to take a couple of home run balls. I don't think Auburn's just going to drive up and down the field on LSU all night, but I do think we'll have a couple of big home runs, uh, whether it's running backs, maybe a big pass or two. Um, and, yeah, I think that Peyton Thorne has shown that he can. I think, like we had said last week, you need to do some of those short passes to get him in the groove, especially playing in Death Valley at night. Um Hopefully the atmosphere doesn't shake him up. Um, I don't – he didn't play well against Cal, but after seeing, you know, him in multiple games, I don't think that the atmosphere at Cal is the reason that Peyton Thorne didn't play well. Like, I think if Peyton Thorne – I think that game could have been played at the Auburn practice facility, and he's still capable of doing that. Like, that, it was not that he was just shook out of his mind that the Cal student section was rambunctious. He played a bad game, and I think that he's shown that he's capable of playing good games. He's capable of playing really bad games. And we'll see how he responds to the atmosphere um, down in Baton Rouge. We'll see. I feel really good, though. I feel great about the game. That, that's awesome. Yeah, that really is. But, you know, you know, going back to what you were just saying, I do agree. I don't think that it was necessarily the atmosphere. You know, it it definitely felt, especially in AM, we talked about this in our in our AM breakdown. Peyton Thorne multiple times picked out the blitz. Like he he pointed the guy, he knew where the blitz was coming, and he just didn't make the right play. Whereas against Georgia, you saw a couple times he recognized the blitz coming, and he had that one where he literally took the snap and the blitz came and he literally just threw up a prayer to Shane Hooks and he got the pass interference. And it was like, all right. That, you know, you just got your team 15 yards. That's a great play by the quarterback. Um, but going back to kind of what you said with LSU's defense being susceptible to big plays, uh, you know, going look at, looking at the, the Missouri game, this is a very interesting uh, a look. You know that ESPN has the, the long, right? You can see the long, the, you know, the receiver's long, running back's long, whatever. So Cody Schrader, their running back, his long is 50, a 52-yard rush. Luther Burden had a 42-yard reception. Theo Weiss, a 25-yard reception. They had a tw- another guy, 23 yards, 31 yards, 20 yards. And you're like, okay, wow, they let up a lot of big plays against Missouri. Then you go back to Ole Miss. And, buddy, Ole Miss, I mean, they had their way. I mean, just listen to these longs from their running backs into the receivers. You have a long of 37, long of 43, long of 27, 56, 63, 15, 16, 17. Those plays are just backbreakers for a defense. If teams are just having all those big plays, it'll absolutely kill you. And I think that's something that Auburn really hasn't had 
really in a, a couple seasons where you just have a guys, a lot of guys with, you know, that just consistently get big plays. But I do think that this team has guys with those big play abilities. You know, you mentioned Brian Batty. You just know one's about to break. He's had so many plays where it's a one-on-one situation. He kind of shakes the guy, and then they just barely get him by the shoestrings, take him down. He's he's due he's due to break one. Jarquez has shown that he has some big play abilities. He showed that, you know, 2021 against LSU his freshman year. He had that huge, huge run uh, late in the game. But I think that going into it, looking at how Ole Miss ran the ball, especially with Quinshaw Judkins, you know, we, we've mentioned that he's one of the best running backs in the SEC, one of the best running backs in the country, if you ask me. Ole Miss gave him 33 carries. He had 177 yards and a touchdown. That's what I would like to see Auburn do. Because I don't I, – the obviously Jackson Dart is, you know, a very good quarterback. So LSU could not stack the box against Ole Miss. But if Peyton Thorne can just complete enough passes that LSU can't stack the box, the running lanes are there. Auburn's offensive line can open up holes for the running backs. But then it goes to – Jarquez can't fumble. Batty can't fumble. You can't have any turnovers. And if uh, this is the kind of game, if you start turning the ball over, it it might get ugly quick. You got to take care of the ball. But ultimately, like, if you can get some big plays, this LSU defense is one of the, honestly, one of the worst defenses Auburn will play this season. And that's including, like, and, and especially in the SEC, that's including Vanderbilt. Like, I know that, you know, Vanderbilt's defense is terrible. LSU has looked they, – they held Mississippi State to 14, so they're probably better than Vanderbilt's defense. But when this LSU team plays good opponents, the good opponents score a lot of points. And I'm not saying that Auburn's offense is super high octane, but if you can't score, you know, a lot of points – and by a lot of – if you can't score at least 25 on this defense – you start getting concerned because you have Ole Miss coming to town, you know, and Ole Miss's defense isn't that good. Arkansas's defense isn't that good. But if you can't score 25 on these guys at LSU, like the way the SEC is right now, it's a lot of people play, you know, they throw the ball a lot. They have great offenses. Their defenses aren't very good. And Auburn is still kind of playing that traditional, we're going to run the ball, we're going to have a good defense, which is fine if you're running the ball and scoring points. But if you're running the ball and you're scoring 20, you know, 17 to 24 points a game, you're not going to be able to hang with these guys. So I think that this is a really good test for Auburn to see can Auburn's offense put some points on the board against a quality, you know, against a real team and a real atmosphere. Can Auburn break that 30 mark and stay competitive late in the game, even if your defense isn't single handedly keeping you in the game? And ultimately, I really don't know what I, I really don't know the answer to that. Here's the intrusive thought of the day, okay? The intrusive – we're going to start adding this as a segment, okay? So we we always have the wild swings of emotion. So I was down last week. So last week's intrusive thought would have been that we could still make the playoff. This week's intrusive thought is this, okay? I feel great about it, but the intrusive thought is this could be Auburn-Penn State part two. In terms of close in the first half and things get out of hand really fast and you look up and the scoreboard has really flipped on you in the second half. And I think that that is what we have to avoid. At all costs, heartbreaking loss being as hard as it is, obviously a win would be wonderful. 
we cannot let this game get away from us. If this game gets away from us, I think the season starts to get off the rails just a little bit. I'm not saying that it's going to completely derail, but I think recruiting starts slipping a little bit. I think you start seeing some shifting. You got to at least keep this one close. Okay. And I know I said that I was super frustrated that that was the expectation for people. That's not the expectation. The expectation is to win the game. If we do not win the game, I will still be disappointed. I will begin to be concerned for the season if things go 30 points bad down in Baton Rouge. If we lose the game 45 to 10, I'm going to I will officially hit the panic button. So that that would be the major step back that you're like this is not good. This is not inside of the plan. And I think I feel really good that we're going to win. I feel really good that we're going to demonstrate all these things, but I don't think that it's a far off possibility of a 45 to 10 game. I mean, if the receivers play like they did against Georgia and you get two fumbles, Jarquez fumbles it twice, or Peyton Thorne gets sacked from behind, fumbles, and throws an interception, you get three turnovers, easy, easy 45 to 10. So I'm just saying it's a possibility with this team where they could compete, but they also could get the break speed off of them. Yeah, and, you know, I think that that's the the biggest concern. But realistically, I and, you know, kind of going back, obviously, you know, not not talking about moral victories at all. I, I definitely, you know, and I don't want to keep going back to this, but I did predict we would lose these three straight games. And I think this is a really tough one to win. I think that going into Baton Rouge at night is always tough, no matter who you are, especially when you're, you know, on a two-game losing streak. But it really doesn't. For some reason, it doesn't feel like we're on a two-game losing streak. It feels like we're just kind of playing football. You know, like, it, it doesn't feel like and, – and I think part of that might be because of how expectations are. Part of that might be how, you know, coming out of a bye week and how how Auburn played against Georgia. But really, it doesn't feel like hope is slipping at all, I don't think. It, it doesn't feel like the team is, you know, really starting to get lost. It, it just doesn't feel like that right now. And I think that even – I think that LSU is a better team than we are at the moment. I think that I do expect, I have, you know, expected to lose this game, but I think that you don't, and if we do lose this game, it doesn't change my outlook on the season at all. Doesn't change what I think about the remaining remainder of the season. But what does, it's like you said, what does the loss look like if we do lose? If, if you lose by 35 and you can't score an offensive touchdown like it was in College Station, you're hitting the panic button so hard because then you lose any faith that you can win a road game. I think that this game, you really want to see the offense be able to look like an offense on the road because we didn't see that against A&M, but we did see it against Georgia. And it was, you know, you, you know, you, you, you scoffed at it when I was saying it during Georgia week, but it was, we were about to see what Auburn's home offense was. Well, now we're about to see what the, you know, new look road offenses because you saw it against Cal. You saw just a crazy whatever game. Saw an 11 a.m. kick. College State and it was terrible. All right, you have played six football games. Or no, is it, is it six or five? I, I'm blanking. It's six, right? Yeah. No, we've played five. We've played five because we've already had the bye. You've played five football games. You've had a bye week. You're going into Baton Rouge. You should look confident. 
you, you should know what you're doing. Your quarterback should know what he's doing. Your guys should know they're blocking assignments. Like, yeah, chemistry is great, but you're halfway through the season. You should know what you're doing. And if we see plays where the guys don't know what they're doing and bad things happen, that's when you start looking to the panic button because then you just start having doubts that anything's going to change anytime you're on the road. And I think that that is one of the biggest things to look at. One of the potential quote unquote silver linings. If the the final score doesn't go our way on Saturday. Yeah, no, I agree. And, but that's, that's fair. But the 45 to 10, that is where you lose any semblance of the silver lining. I even think, I would feel better about it if the offense looks somewhat put together and the defense just can't hold up against Jaden Daniels and stuff. Because you know that no one else is like that in the SEC. Like, Ole Miss is good on offense, but they're not like that. LSU's offense is one of the elites in the country. Uh, And the fact that they only scored 24 against Florida State is honestly really surprising. I think that that was just a fluke in week one. But you got to hold them to, like, 30 35. You can't let them hit the 40s. Well, yeah, and I think I think the difference is a, a team like LSU and a team like Ole Miss is Ole Miss has a lot of guys that are pretty good at football, but they're it's just they have a lot of guys that are good at football. LSU is has a guy like Jaden Daniels where it's like if he's playing well, he's going to play well. It doesn't matter, you know, it's you're not gonna rattle him. It's like if he's off, it's just because he's off. It's not because you're just better than him. He's, I, in my opinion, he's in the same category. Maybe not from an NFL perspective, but if we're talking college quarterbacks, he's in the same category as the Caleb Williams, as the the Michael Phoenix is like, he's with those guys. And so looking at that, I think that if you can make, if Jaden Daniels beats you, if Jaden Daniels tears your defense up, and, you know, it's just – he's just fitting balls into tight windows and your defense is just playing well and he's just playing better. It is what it is. So, But, yeah, yeah. but it, it, but then if it's busted coverages, you know, it, that's when you start getting a little bit worried. But before we wrap up, we either kind of give us – you know, we I like to do this little segment. Give us X factor on offense, X factor on defense, where if Auburn is to win this game, these guys – have to play well. And obviously, you know, Peyton don't don't say Peyton Thorne for offense because that's that's a very given. We we've talked about that, you know, a, a lot this week. But give us a guy on offense that really has to have a really solid game and a guy on defense that you think really has to elevate their play and really put up a solid performance for Auburn to get this win in Death Valley. Offense, Brian Batty, and that goes for special teams as well. Defense, my man. Keldrick Falk. He can do it. He can rush the passer. And we need him to. It, you have to. I think Marcus Harris, we talked about how well he stepped up against Georgia. And that is great for the running game. And we're going to need that this week. But at some point, you also have to rush the passer. You need Marcus to keep on playing at the level he's playing. I know that he stepped up a lot. But now that's the expectation of we got to have you playing like this. Now we need an edge. We need somebody to get some kind of pass rush on a four-man set. So those are my guys. I really like the Brian Batty pick. I think that that's probably my same one. And I really like that you emphasize, especially on special teams, kickoff returns. You know, you just feel like he's about to break one. You just feel like his every time he's on the field, he makes so many good plays. And then you look at the box score and you're like, oh, wow, he, he maybe didn't statistically he didn't have as good of a game as you know it looks but when you watch him you can just tell something something 
things about to happen when he's on the field. So I, I really like that pick. Defensively, I'm going to have to go with Jalen Simpson. Uh, I think that especially with how he played against Georgia, coming back from injury, he's, in my opinion, the best player on the defense. You know, if he can – if a guy is going to force a turnover, I think it's going to be him. I think it'll be him or a guy like Don, uh, Donovan Kaufman. I think Donovan Kaufman's also a, a, a big guy that, you know, an honorable mention, uh, as if you, if you will, because – coming in on the blitzing and, you know, covering backside of the backfield. I think that he'll be really important. Uh, obviously, guys like DJ James, Kane Lee, you know, playing on those those great LSU receivers will be interesting. But ultimately, I think Jalen Simpson is going to be the guy that the defense looks to the most uh, as well. And, and I do think the defensive line is really going to have to hold their own. And I, I don't think that we necessarily need them to be just absolute man eaters because I don't think that that's what you can expect from this group. But I am interested to see like how, you know, what, what Ron Roberts draws up, you know, it's always interesting when you play that best offense on your schedule, you see your defensive coordinator, what he's been doing because all off season, he's known this LSU offense is going to be insane. He's had the whole bye week. This, is where you, this is where defensive coordinators make their money. Can you stop these really good offenses? Can you slow them down? Can you get them 10 points under what their average is? And this is where Kevin Steele would lick his chops, you know? that I mean, that Auburn's recent defensive coordinators, you know, Kevin Steele made his money. When he was coming off the bye week, Auburn's defenses were lights out. When he played these top offenses, Auburn's defense was lights out. And I think Ron Roberts is going to have to step up to the occasion, and I'll be very interested to see, you know, different blitz packages and kind of where where he approaches this matchup. Uh, but ultimately, you know, that those are kind of my my uh, X factor guys. But either right before we hop off, give us your score prediction for this Saturday. Thirty-one twenty-eight Auburn. All right, Wheeler expects us to to edge one out close. Um. I, I think I, I I really don't know where my score prediction's at. I, I've gone back and forth this week. I think I could see a 38-21 type game in LSU's favor. Uh, but I could also see Auburn just it being a college football game and it just being something that no one predicts, something crazy happens, just a weird game. Obviously, the Auburn-LSU rivalry has – not lacked in crazy games with, you know, 2016, especially with Daniel Carlson carrying the team with, you know, 1994, obviously. But ultimately, I, I think I think LSU is going to win. But I do think that if Auburn wins, it will be a weird game where weird stuff happened, weird plays happen, crazy plays happen. Um, and I'm definitely hoping for for that that outcome to happen. I'll be in the stadium hoping to recreate a little bit of the the magic from from 2021 when Auburn broke the curse but we'll uh, we'll see how it goes yep we will I will be at home I will be roasting a Boston butt like I did last time when Auburn played LSU down there and hopefully we win again well you have uh the real question is will you have any cigars at the ready if Auburn gets the win negative I don't smoke anything. Will you? No, I will not. I don't think Auburn players should ever smoke cigars on the field after what happened last time, but that is just my opinion. I mean, it's fun to lose 20 straight years of games 
that cigar must taste really good. That's right. But uh, for, for everyone listening, we really appreciate all the listens, all the downloads. We'll be back next week to break down what is hopefully an Auburn win in Death Valley, as well as previewing the uh, now we've discovered a night game in Auburn for when the Ole Miss Rebels come to town for Hugh Freeze's, uh, you know, first game uh, in the SEC against Ole Miss. And we will see how it goes. But as always, thank you guys so much for listening and War Eagle. War Eagle, don't smoke. <laughs>